to part of the Radio Sport commentary team, uh, joins the program. Morning to you, Pete. Yeah, morning, guys. Hey, mate. Was that an emphatic statement that we should have expected from Pakistan earlier on this tour? Yeah, I think we'd all been hoping for that. Um, you know, the side have had success in the past. They've got some highly rated players, and they just haven't really fronted it. It must have been really frustrating for their coaching staff. We've heard Mickey Arthur a few times um, chastising them, uh, basically saying the top order batsmen haven't done the job. And uh, yesterday, those top four, I think they got 97% of the, the Pakistani total, those top four, which was a complete contrast to ours. So they did a great job in all forms. Yeah, uh, watch well, a couple of fitties that they got in there. When you were, were watching that game, did you feel maybe after, I don't know, five overs of our bowling early on that, um, I mean, when did the game feel uh, like a mountain for you that the Black Caps would have to climb? Oh, look, it didn't really ever feel like a mountain because 200 had, we've seen it scored quite a few times in the Super Smash this summer and, and 200 on a small ground doesn't seem too bad. Interesting, I saw a stat this morning that 160 is the highest total that's been chased down there in a T20. So there's something about the ground, despite its small dimensions, that makes it hard for teams batting second. Um, but you just kind of thought, oh, well, Pakistan have turned up and our boys will have to play well. And our boys, just they didn't play well. They didn't play average. Um, they barely played poorly. The bowling of New Zealand, was that of greater concern last night or the top-order batting? Well, both are concerning. I guess the top-order batting is kind of, you know, one moment of um, of, er- of an error, really. I mean, you can you can forgive the batsmen for making a poor decision in the heat of the moment, but the bowlers, it was sort of repetition, repetition. They bowled, I think, nine wides, um, and it didn't really look like they had a plan. It's a pretty green side, though. We have to admit that you know, with Rance and Wheeler and your top three bowlers, um, you know, there's not a huge amount of experience there, and, and Pakistan played very, very well, and we just uh, we just didn't handle the fire. See, it's strange. When I have a look, I've just pulled up the stats here for myself. It's it's strange to me to see that Ben Wheeler actually bowled the most dot balls because it didn't feel like it. Uh, and I'm just wondering if that's you know when when you when you see the boundaries happen quite a bit, it sort of doesn't feel that way. I mean, um, any guys? Do you think? I mean, let's have a look at Ransom Wheeler. They're, they're two of the newer guys here that are involved. Um, which one of them do you think probably came out of that game last night with the better case for to stay included in the team? Uh, well, pr- probably Ben Wheeler. Uh, Rance looked a little bit shell-shocked. Uh, it looked like there was one particular over where it looked like he had a plan and the team had a plan, and that was wide Yorkers, and he, and he just missed by an inch or two. It was it was one of those plans where you had to thread a needle and, and he just didn't get it right, and that meant that he was expensive a couple of times. Wheeler looked like he had good pace and energy, as you said. He, he bowled quite a few dot balls, and he was a bit unlucky with some of the boundaries with sort of thickish edges, pulling and things. And he did well with the bat, so you know that, that's something to um, to give him credit for. But you just got the feeling that because Pakistan had two big partnerships, I think they had two partnerships of over 90 runs, which is remarkable in T20 cricket. It just doesn't happen. And that meant that the momentum was with them when we went out to bat. Yeah, and the Black Caps had this knack last night, Peter, of, of hitting the ball to Fieldsman, and there were umpteen dozen run-out opportunities. How important in T20 cricket, as opposed to one-day cricket, is actually picking up those ones and turning the strike over? Well, yeah, it's a difficult balance because the first thing in your head is in a T20 is boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. 
Um, and you just get the single as a bailout option when you haven't been able to hit a boundary. And as you said last night, rather than those attempted boundaries picking gaps and picking up ones and twos and threes, they just went straight to players uh, and we were forced into making poor running choices. It was kind of strange to watch Colin Munro face only a second delivery at the end of the third over and you're kind of thinking, well, what's he been doing for the rest of the first three overs? And it just, it fell like that. The cards fell like that. Guptill kept hitting the players, kept hitting the fielders, couldn't rotate the strike and it kind of seemed to happen throughout the whole night. How hard is that for an opening batsman who likes bat on ball, who likes to hit boundaries, being starved of the strike? And did you see that manifest itself in the approach from Munro, albeit just facing a second delivery? Well, sometimes it bugs you because you're aware of it. You're looking up at the scoreboard and you're thinking, geez, I've been in a while and I haven't really got bat on anything. I haven't actually faced anything. Hang, hang on a minute. This is just like I'm facing my first ball. And then other times um, you kind of you ignore it and you and you play the shot and you think, why did I miss that? And then you go back and you look at the scorebook and you realise, I, I just didn't face a ball for a couple of overs. And that's why I felt cold and that, you know, that, that feeling starts to kind of fester in your gut. Um uh, you know, we can't say that that's why he got out. It was a full one, which, you know, on any other occasion, he would have bashed down the ground. But there was a little bit of that throughout the game with Williamson getting out first ball. Uh, the Gronholm was dropped first ball and out third ball. Uh, it just seemed to happen across the board last night. And, you know, when it's against you, it, it can get pretty bad in a T20. You know, we've had uh, some messages in this morning and we're talking fielding here. Is that seems to be the bit that people have got to. And I guess the glaring one uh, was, was Mitch Satner where he jumped up to catch the ball and then his hands went from a catching position to a not-the-face, not-the-face position, right? So <laughs> it sort of bounced off. And he straight away pointed out behind. Well, what uh, was he pointing at? I think he was pointing at, was he pointing at the scoreboard, Pete? Yeah, so he was, he, the, where he was positioned in the field, if you draw a straight line between him, the batsman who hit the ball, and then what was behind that was this, um, the big sight screen, the big video replay screen. And it was quite strange watching it live. You saw him jump and you thought, he's gone too early here. You know, when you go up for a rebound in basketball and you're actually on the way down when the ball's arriving. Mm. Um, and he kind of did that where as soon as it came off the bat, you just knew that he didn't quite know where it was. He knew that it was somewhere near him and he knew it was going to be close soon. So he just kind of jumped uh, without actually getting any any idea of where the ball was. And as a consequence, when he was up in the air, it sort of it was about a foot and a half lower than his jump. Um, and he probably was lucky that he didn't get it in the face, but yeah, pretty embarrassing. There was a few embarrassing moments last night. Um, and as much as they won't want to watch that replay, there's definitely some learnings for them. Yeah. Uh, 5009 is our text number. We've got Peter McGlashan here with us, and uh, it's our real pleasure to have him on the show. And uh, also, too, like anytime you guys need, you want a question asked, chuck it in. If we catch it in time, we'll get it for you. Here's one. Please, can you ask Peter if he thinks Guptill is putting too much pressure on other batters by blocking so much? Oh, look, it's not that he's blocking it. It's kind of him and, and you know, a few players over the years have, are very good ball strikers and when you're a very good ball striker you don't really think about gapping because you back yourself to smack it through the gaps or, or hit it over the field whereas Kane Williamson's almost the other Kane is very good at gapping the ball so you never really get the feeling that Kane will be tied down because he'll always have that little Kane shot to third man whereas because of you know Martin's reputation as a ball striker it just doesn't ever occur to him to, to pick gaps because he just kind of thinks well the gaps will come naturally on a night like last night, where he just keeps hitting fielders, yeah, it will build some frustration. But last night, with so many hitters in the lineup, you actually needed Guptill or Williamson to bat through because you've got Phillips and Munro and Bruce and DeGronholm who all just want to smack it. 
Um, but unfortunately, with neither Guptill or Williamson batting for any longer than 25, 28 balls, uh, the guys who just wanted to smack it didn't have that backbone at the other end. Hey, did, I don't suppose you caught any of the under-19s game yesterday during the day, what did you? What happened there? I've just been following the scoreboard, yeah. I mean, not a good look. Two um, pretty poor results for New Zealand cricket yesterday. It does seem to happen at these under-19 games. I think I remember a couple of World Cups ago, we lost to someone like Namibia or, or someone you just wouldn't expect a New Zealand under-19 team to lose to. Um and you can get tripped up. It's just a shame that it was in a semi-final or, or in a quarter-final when we're hosting the tournament. You know, those uh, if those guys had gone in and won that tournament, that would have set New Zealand cricket up for a good decade because those guys would have got the confidence. But you know, anyone from that group who goes on to play international cricket for the next ten years will remember the day they lost to Afghanistan. And it kind of, in the same way that the you know the, the first All Blacks to lose to Ireland, you know, that'll always sit with those guys as oh you were in that team. Um, but we shouldn't forget that Afghanistan cricketer have been going really well both at the senior stage and at the under-19s. They're getting a huge amount of, uh, I guess it's relief funding from governments all around the world. And, you know, at the same time, it's it's saddening for us. Um, it's pretty amazing for that country and considering the stuff that they've gone through. Mm. You know, they'll get a huge amount of pleasure out of it. Yeah, well said. Thanks very much, Peter McGlashan.